The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. We've got breaking news. John Jones just uh, tweets out that they got a deal done. So I'm not really sure what the deal is. I'm assuming that John Jones just signed a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Everybody else has, right? <laughs> John Jones. Uh, Nets are looking for a little bit more size, right? Why not? Uh, they beat the uh, they beat the Lakers and the Clippers to the punch. So uh, John Jones just tweeted, I just had a great dinner and the best conversation I've had with Dana. Um... I just realized, see, we all have such bad grammar now that I skipped over it. He said, I just had a great dinner and the best conversation I've had with Dana and a very long time. I think he meant uh, in a very long time. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. There's already factual errors here, bro. How can I, you know what I mean, buy into a contract that's not spelled properly? <laughs> but that'd be real cool. Just, just for the record... Listen, I'm the last one who's going to be calling people out for uh, for bad uh, spelling and tweets. I think people think I'm drunk all the time. I'm not. I just don't care enough to correct it. And I got a problem on my keyboard, too. I really do. My key, my computer's good, but my keyboard's falling apart. Uh, but I, I'm not calling Jones out uh, for that. All right, so yeah, we got Jason B. Tackman going to join us. So, yeah, um, there, there are some odds out there for this fight. And now you're going to see they're, they're going to pop up everywhere right now. Now that it's even more than hypothetical. Um, but sports books have been doing this recently for the UFC and for boxing. They're figuring, you know, why not? If you want to bet on a fight that isn't even announced or is fictitious, we'll take your money, right? And we'll give it back if it never happens. If you want to take it back, just cash out. But um, Nagano was a minus 137 favorite. That's sort of like the realest number out there. Nagano is a minus 137 favorite over John Jones. Now, we should note Nagano came in weighing 263 pounds last week. 263 pounds of muscle, fury, speed, and rage. <laughs> so, I don't know. John Jones probably walks around about, what, 230? It's not like Jones is a small dude, right? But I understand why Nagano was the favorite. It's going to be interesting. I know a lot of people are already saying Jones are going to beat him. Jones is going to beat him. We'll hit it on the other side and more. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Sports gaming insights and expert analysis on daily sporting events. Information you can take to the bank. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Dot com. Everybody's got an opinion. Go ahead. Ask them. But only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience. It's called trust. It's why we're here. For you. Keep it here and get the edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Big news in the late night hours I hear this evening is John Jones says he just wrapped up a dinner uh, with Dana White. This is just from, uh, you know, right right off of, uh, not hot off the presses because there are no presses anymore. Uh, hot off of Twitter. Hot off of Twitter. Uh, John Jones, I just had a great and the best conversation I've had with Dana in a very long time. We got the deal done. Date to be announced soon. So, look, we're already into April right now. So we got April, May, June, July. My guess is that this fight will be July 4th or 3rd, whatever. That, you know, the July 4th card weekend type thing. And, yes, there is a pandemic going on, but... We also know that Dana White doesn't care about the pandemic. <laughs> and wherever, wherever, like, so, listen, you're, they're paying these guys a lot of money. They're paying these guys a lot of money. They're going to have to get money back. And, you know, the, the ticket sales will help, actually. The ticket sales will help. So the question is, then where do you put it? You think so, you think Nevada and Las Vegas automatically, but the problem with the Las Vegas is um, the mayor, Carolyn, uh, she doesn't run the city, right? <laughs> you know, the crazy lady, the mayor. And I like her, I like her and her husband, but like whatever. If it was up to her, like she'd set out the building, but you know, like even, even the buildings, like we're not doing that. Like, you know what I mean? It's limited fans at Las Vegas night games. So let's just say hypothetically they put it in the football stadium at the new Raider Nice Stadium uh, that they have there in Vegas, which would be super cool. I mean, I'd love to go to that, but it would be limited capacity, right? So the UFC can say, yeah, it's limited capacity, but it's a massive stadium, so we're actually, we'll get 25,000 out of this. We'll sell 25 out of the 80,000 or whatever. But I don't think the UFC does that. I mean, you know, They're not doing the biggest fight ever and wanting a bunch of empty seats. So... My, you know, where do they go? I guess Texas. I would, my bet right now would be Texas. Look, Texas doesn't have any restrictions. Look, the Rangers today, 100% capacity. Um, I got to believe that Jerry Jones would want this fight. So, you know, it's interesting. It, w- it would be in Vegas. Normally, you just say, yeah, it's going to be in Vegas. And it would either be at the, you know, where the Knights play, at the T-Mobile Arena, or it'll be at, uh, or, the, you know, big-time fight. It'll be at the football stadium where the Raiders play now. But due to the, the crowd size limitations, the UFC's not going to want to play around with that crap. So, I don't know, maybe they put it in Florida. 
Uh, but I, my guess would be it's going to be Florida or Texas. Or they throw these guys uh, in uh, Dubai. Well, you hearing something? Where is it? Now saying that it's April Fool's joke. Now, now he's coming on Twitter. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. He is. He is. No, 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 he's not. He definitely This is. guy? This, this, this guy? Oh, right. No, 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 John. No, wait, wait, wait. I got to see this. No, no, no. I got to see this. My buddy from MMA Power Hour wrote me on Twitter saying, Oh, my God! And then two seconds later. Oh, my God! I see him right here. Hope you guys had a good April Fool's. What do you think about my mustache? Should I keep it or is it creepy? This. Now, what did I just say 10 minutes ago? We can't even believe this guy's Twitter's, bro. It's not April Fool's Day anymore, jackass. It's April 2nd. I'm speechless, bro. I'm I didn't get that. I did, and I fell for it. I just spent. Oh, well, where's it gonna be? Where's what where's yeah, where's it gonna be? I hope I hope this fight happens and he I hope I hope Francis the guy who smashes your face, bro. Like, like you're never gonna fight. You're scared of the Ganu, it's real. You're a clown. Like you're a clown. You're you're a real clown. I can't you know, I don't you you got real problems, bro. Like, imagine being Dana White right now. Dana's Twitter's blowing up. Oh, you got a deal done? And Dana's like, what a jackass. Like, I can imagine Dana right now thinking, I don't even want to do this. I, what did we talk about last night with this? The Dana White doesn't even want to do this because he knows I got to deal with this guy. It's very rare that I'll take Dana, people will take Dana White's side and they'll be like, you know what, poor Dana? I'm on Dana White's side on this. I would just say, listen, I'd call Nagano and say, listen, bro, don't listen to anything this guy says. You're fighting Derek Lewis. Here's three million bucks and just start training because don't listen to this guy. He's insane, Matthias. He's pathologically insane, bro. Who the hell does this? John Jones. It's the day he's got to start with Tom Brady saying, oh, I bought the Expos and I'm bringing them back. Yeah, thanks, Tom. And now it ends up with John, John, and John... Like, even Brady did it in the morning. Ha, ha, ha. Dude, you can't. It's it's not April Fool's, John. It's April 2nd in the middle of the night. What, are you all coked up right now, leaving a strip club? Think, oh, it's funny stuff. Now you're joking about a mustache. Yeah, great stuff, John. It's freaking 2.30 in the morning, bro, in the middle of the night on the East Coast. And you're playing games on Twitter right now? This guy's a piece of work, bro. He's a piece of work. He's up late in the late hours. He's chopping it up. This guy's a psychopath. He's a nut job. <laughs> He's a, a like, yeah, you know what? Is there anything lamer? The only thing lamer than daylight savings time is April Fool's jokes. Did I do any April Fool's jokes? No. No. I didn't even mention it. Just like St. Patrick's Day. I didn't mention it, all right? <laughs> you know, if you notice me over the years now, I don't even bring up holidays. It's not a politically correct, oh, I'm woke. No, it's not woke. I don't care, all right? I don't care about your stupid fake jokes. I don't care about your green beer. I don't care about anything. Happy whatever. Happy screw you. How's that? Happy suck it day. That's the day I celebrate. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, John Jones. <laughs> this guy, I, I, I can't believe this, bro. I can't believe this, bro. <laughs> Give the fight to Derek Lewis. Let's see how John Jones reacts to that.
No, 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 no. You're exact. No, I just said it. I just said it. If I was Dana White right now, dude, I'm not kidding. You think Dana White thinks this is funny? You think Dana White thinks this is funny? As if. No. Dana's phone Dana is blown up right now in the middle of the night. I bet you his partners are calling him. I bet you like the, uh, the, the Fletcher guy calls him and goes, what the hell, bro? You just went out with John Jones, didn't tell me? You know, I, I guarantee you, bro, there's like a domino of phone calls going on right now with people going, he did what? He said what? Now you got Nuganu, like you brought Nuganu into this. Nuganu sees this and goes, oh, what the hell? What's going on here? Dude, he's a clown. And You're Ganu a psychopath. At 8 p.m., Gabe, so you know Nuganu ain't watching this till the morning. Nuganu looks like an like an early, an early night type of guy, Gabe, an 8 p.m. type of guy. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, what's Dana White say? Did he have dinner with them and he's still just tweeting about April Fools? Like, he's messing with people. That's all it is. So did he maybe he cut a deal and he and then he, he said, oh, it's April Fools, everybody. I don't know. And then, hey, we got a deal. I don't know. Like I said, this is the problem. I don't want to deal with this stuff. I'm not a kid, man. I don't have time in my life to deal with this kindergarten crap. You either, are you fighting or aren't you fighting? The hell's Dana White? Uh, what's, what's Dana White saying right now? I'm getting pissed off now. Thanks, John. I don't know. Yeah, Dana White just tweeted, incredible night. I guess he did have dinner. Yeah, whatever, guys. What is this? This is more confusing than Monday Night Raw. Well, Dana White says uh, that they did go to dinner. But he never said, he never said we have a deal. All he said was, incredible night, brother. Oh, you can all suck it now. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So many sports. So many memories. So many players. So many teams. So many great matchups. So many possibilities. Now are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. The late night anger match with class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Dave Lorenzo. We're throwing it down. Series XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. 
Let's bring in a man right now who is as happy as anybody in the world is that baseball is back. One of our baseball insiders, Mr. Baseball, Jason B. Takafin steps up. And then, Jason, always a pleasure, my man. Happy opening day. How you doing? Happy opening day, smiling ear to ear. Thanks for having me. So it is a opening day, um, but it was a strange opening day. Very you know, we had postponements due to weather. Uh, we had a postponement uh, due to COVID uh, as well. And I never understand this. I, For the love of God, I see the Detroit Tigers playing in the snow today, Jason. And I always wonder, why don't they schedule all the East Coast teams in warm weather locations? Like, why would you have Florida playing Florida today? So you just sort of eliminate. You have one team that plays in a dome. You have another team in nice weather. So you know what? Let's make them play each other. And why not take a page of what what the NFL does? And like last night, you had college basketball. They knew. Monday, Tuesday, college basketball. Wednesday, you know, quiet night. Can step up, put the Dodgers versus San Diego. Or, you know, Yankees versus Astros, doubleheader and saying tomorrow we got a full slate of opening day games across the board. Instead, they come out and they sputter out on a Thursday afternoon, bro. Yeah, it was, you know what, it was a little ham-handed, especially when you factor in that with baseball stadiums, they don't have any other sports in them. It's not like hockey and basketball where they share or there may be an indoor venue. Obviously, with COVID, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of events outside of the actual sport being taken place. Really perfect time to be able to have the Dodgers and any champion, like you said, have their moment, especially you bring in a rival. You bring in the Giants, and the Giants won three of five ten years ago, and then you can sort of you know rekindle that rivalry and have your rival watch you get the ring, just like when the Yankees went to Boston to watch them get their championship rings in 2005, first game of the season. It builds that. But to answer your first question, so one of the reasons why they don't do like you said, like let's say have Texas, California, and the domes start off in April and then maybe end in September when the weather isn't as volatile, is everyone wants those weekends when the kids are out of school. So it has to be fair and balanced. And I think when baseball right-sizes themselves, so they have to be able to say June, July, August, when the kids – when the yeah. kids are out of school, everyone wants the same amount of weekends. Cause that's so the same, event. the same owners and general managers that will cry about opening up on the road don't tell you. They actually bitch and say, we better be playing at home July 4th weekend, right? <laughs> well, they, you know, it's funny because with scheduling, you either want like a July 3rd to do a fireworks or a July 4th in the afternoon. So you can do a fireworks that, you know, the night before or after or, or that day if you if you play a late game, especially if you start in California, if like a 6 o'clock game and the sun goes down. It's it's a bit bizarre. I think when baseball finally right-sizes itself, it's going to start in about mid-April. I think they'll shrink spring training and they'll start in mid-April because so they won't have games in the snow or they won't have the Yankees and Blue Jays playing when it's very, very overcast and – very cold. That's not baseball. That's not where you want uh, your people. It, it, that's not what you want your fans watching in one of the most watched and most anticipated games of the year. So Jason was the general manager of the Vancouver Canadians, uh, Abel, who um, uh, won, won multiple championships, Oakland Athletic uh, System. And I was talking about this earlier, Jason, so I wanted your take on this. So I'm sure you would have some sort of insight on it. They're still playing in that I'm just gonna. I guess it's nice calling it a stadium, but they're still playing in that at that place, right? <laughs> but yes. it's the it's the you know the largest foul territory, and like it's insane. I was saying, I remember Barry Zito and Mulder and those guys. You know, they they were Zito once said 
yeah, man, it's like six to nine outs a game. He goes, it's really, yeah. it's really crazy, but I don't know if they should tell him that because then, then it comes up in arbitration after. Hey, by the way, you know, you right, had like yeah. 72 outs last year that would have been foul balls in any other stadium in the league. But it's really fascinating to me how much space there is there, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. And foul well, territory. Your team, the Dodgers, used to have that, but then they built in those box suites. Like they took it away and they're like, oh, wait a second. We only average 45,000 fans a game. Let's see, <laughs> let's see if we can squeeze in 120 more paying top dollar, which is the right move. Um, but yeah, it's so I'm a fan. I actually think hockey should go to this where they have the rinks that are configured differently. Nothing big, but I like that each ballpark has yeah. its own personality, has its own dimensions. It's still 60 you know, feet, six inches. It's still 90 feet basis. It's not, you know, there's nothing zany, but I like that each ballpark has a has its own character. And you know what? For Oakland, and you know the Oakland front office is counting those foul ball outs, by the way, that, that only they can do uh, in their ballpark. Um, why not? Like, it's just fun. And you know what? If you want to have your fans sit so far away from the action, like, you pay the price for that. Right? Hey, like, I think Oakland are so cheap, Jason, that they purposely do this to save money on baseballs. Less balls they need to replace. <laughs> That's just the rumor. That's just the rumor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Less, less balls. I remember in Montreal years ago, I saw – I saw security asking for kids to throw balls back, and I thought, yeah, maybe the team just should leave. If, if you guys, you're counting baseball guys. You're really, you're counting baseballs? They were basically insinuating that, listen, you know, we can't afford to lose these baseballs during batting practice like this. <laughs> I was friends at one of the Bat Boys, and they used to go quietly collect them when they would yeah. go into the empty I'm sure you saw that also yeah. from yeah. the press. It's like, they don't run. Sometimes they run to make it seem like they're kids, so that, but they keep them. And that's that's when you know, okay, guys, like you're probably counting all your, you know, you can't counting the post-it notes and the pencils and all that stuff. Like if I was you're, on player, your, you're on your way out. Like, yeah, if, I, if I'm a player, I notice little things like that. And I tell my agent, listen, this franchise <laughs> is a big trouble, bro. They got guys scooping balls up after batting practice out here. All right, because they don't want fans getting a free ball under their seat when they sit down. <laughs> yeah, I can count 800 people in the ballpark today, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So as we say, they should have opened up. You know, it is it is what it is uh, for whatever reasons. But they opened up uh, in Colorado today, and Clayton Kershaw was the starting pitcher. Is Clayton Kershaw their best starting pitcher, or is this a sign that was like, listen, this is your last sort of, this is the last time you're going to be opening day starter for the Los Angeles Dodgers? He's unrestricted this year. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him because he signed a three-year, $96 million extension. Uh, him and Kenley Jansen, sort of the old guard that were really the foundation of the eight straight playoff appearances, they're both unrestricted. So they might turn over that clubhouse to Bellinger and Betts um, and sort of a, a younger group. Same thing with Justin Turner. He has he has two years left, but he's part of that old core or older core. Um, I don't think Kershaw is the best starting pitcher, but they have about seven, if you include David Price and Gonson. <laughs> so... He's he's their first ballot Hall of Famer. It's it's an incredible legacy of pitching. Right? It's, it's like goaltending in Montreal. Uh, they're going to treat him very well. Uh, there's there's a great lineage, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, Koufax, even like a Venezuela, Drysdale. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's uh, one of the best left-handed pitchers. You, you know, isn't it, Jason, that the the Dodgers sort of have a not not a monopoly. They're not I the only great, but. The Dodgers, Fernando Valenzuela and Fernando Mania, as we know all too well, uh, from from 1981, 
too. As you stated, the greatest and Sandy Koufax and now Clayton Kershaw. Some great, great southpaws in the Dodger organization history. Could you imagine if the Pittsburgh Steelers ran the read option and had the 32nd, be- 32nd best run defense? No. You have to stick to your core identity, and very few franchises have it, and the Dodgers have it in spades. It is pitching in that beautiful ballpark, and it is sort of playing baseball. I hate saying the right way because there's many different ways to play it, but that's the way I like to watch baseball. Close, great pitching, great, like, you know, tact, like there's a tactical element to it, and they play it the right way. And it shows. They've, went, they've, they, they've led the league in attendance since 2012. They've gone to the playoffs for eight straight years. Well, I'm a um... – I'm a Dodger fan, as you know, and I grew up uh, with the the Tommy Lasorda, as you stated. There, there was the right way, the wrong way, and the Dodger way, right? right. Like the, do- right. the Dodger way, right? The Dodger way of baseball. As, but they really believe that. It's almost biblical. And it trickled down into the Dominican Republic, as you stated. They were one of the first teams, along with the Expos, who were very aggressive uh, in, in the Dominican Republic. But the Dodgers were really the first, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, at, they, at the forefront of it with the Dodgers Academy there. Yeah. And they they really saw the I mean, that you know, we mentioned this last time when they won the World Series. The Dodgers are, are really groundbreaking on so many fronts. And one of them is they really broke into Latin America. They were the, one of the first teams to make it out west, like to go from Brooklyn to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, and they were the first ones to kind of look at the fertile ground in Dominican Republic and say, there's some great ball players here and let's invest here. And they built that Dodgers Academy and the Dodgers were like they created their own brand, so to speak. Uh, you had time sort of was at the forefront of it. And when he passed away a couple months ago, everybody was saying how like he was the best salesman ever because he was just always talking about you know, the big Dodger in the sky and Dodger baseball. And Dodger he blue. was <laughs> Dodger. Blue. And you watch you watch any Dodgers game, even when the Expos were playing them. You saw Lasorda with a slim fast commercial, even when it was dubbed in French. Well, I have like. Yeah, that's a good point. It was in air. You're right. Even in other languages. Yeah. I, you know, one of our guests who lives in Philadelphia, um, you know, Donnie Wrightside talk show host. Um, so and uh, and handicapper. So Donnie Wrightside, you know, he's in our age group, a little younger, I think. But he said that when he was a kid, his father used to take him to to see the Phillies and Dodgers. But his father used to say, we're going to see Tommy Lasorda. Right. It was Tommy right. Lasorda and the Dodgers. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Remember, but those managers were larger than life in those days, bro, right? Totally. Sparky totally. Anderson, Earl Weaver. <laughs> you calling me a liar? You calling yeah. me a liar? That's the best Look, ever. Uh, Pete Rose, uh, even like a Joe Torre, Lou Pinella. They had, like, you knew that, like, you saw a bad call or a bang, bang play at first. And then, like, Lou Pinella's just, like, yeah. in three seconds. Yeah, but he's, he like, knew the cameras like, were on, right? It was part like, of the show. He knew, right? Like, and you know what? He backed up his players, and he knows he, he's been around the game a long time, right? He had um, – All right, hold this thought, uh, Jason. We'll, we'll hit this uh, on the other side. Is this Major League Baseball opening day. We'll get some picks from Jason on the other side as well. The late-night Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Sports Rings Late Night King Canyons. I am Gable Morenci. We're kicking in Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Uh, we're talking Major League Baseball opening day with Jason B. Takafin and just talking about the larger-than-life former personalities and managers in the game. But um, as we fast-forward to today's uh, era, there are a lot of really fun young players in the game and I think it'd be best if they just let them do their thing. If they want to flip a bat, let them flip a bat. If they want to talk smack, let them talk smack. If they want to steal a base up six runs, let them steal a base up six runs. You know, nobody tells Steph Curry to stop hitting threes because he's already hit six of them, bro. I know. And you know what I mean? Like, only baseball has this mentality, the the unwritten rules, right? It's awful, and you would think baseball, especially because there is no clock. So even if you're up by six, it kind of doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things because – there's no clock. You can't run. The, the, a team could still come back. I think for me, when it comes to showboating or flipping the bat, as long as you don't make it about the other team, don't stare down the pitcher. If you just stare at your own dugout or you flip the bat where it's not like to the pitcher or the catcher, yes. it's yeah. fine. But don't stare down the pitcher. Don't slide with your spikes up. Don't do it. It's not about the other team. It's about you. And once it's about you, that's OK. And you know what? People need to see a little bit more excitement and personality and flair because these three outcome, you know, at bats, strikeouts, walks and home runs, they're taking all the fun away from the game. And now you're not having anybody show their athleticism. You're not having anybody show any personality because it's all just like ground ball into the shift, you know, six, three, there's an out. And then the next, you know, seven pitch at bat happens. And you you worry because then you're like, OK, baseball's not fun anymore. You're taking away the fun aspect. You're taking away the entertainment aspect. And that's a really dangerous game. Like, that's a really dangerous place for baseball to be in, is where it's just like a commodity and it's just something that people do because they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, it's not a library. Exactly. It's not a, you know, I get it that it's a business to them, but it's not a place to work. It's supposed to be, it's sports entertainment, right? Yeah. It's entertainment. It doesn't mean bastardizing the rules because I'm old school. But at the same point in time, I want to see the players have fun. I want to see emotion on the field. You know, Theo Epstein went on uh, Jason Stark's uh, athletic podcast and basically said that, like, something is wrong when, like, the the average at-bat is taking almost twice as long as it used to be. You saw, like, like El Teante, Luis Tion, he, <laughs> he, he led the league in losses and, and, and home runs given up. And then the next year, 
And then the next year, I'm just going to pull this up. because, And then the next year uh, was like in top three in Cy Young. Like just something crazy. And like a guy like that now, he won. Nobody would ever lead the league in losses now because it would be like six or seven, not 14 or 15 like it used to be. And then two is the guy would just never be in the majors again. He wouldn't be like he wouldn't get that chance. Hey, I'm um, old school, Jason, in the sense that uh, I'd like to see. I you know, one of my favorite players of all time, and one of my favorite analysts too. I listened to him on the radio was uh, Don Drysdale. Yeah. Oh. And and Don, like, can you imagine a guy stepping out of the box, fixing fixing his gloves, digging in, and then doing like you're right, in the old days, guys, you get to do that once you at do the that beginning once? of the at bat, Jason. You know what I'm saying? You dig yeah. in, you do your thing. Not after every pitch. I Don was going to say would just hit you. He just say, you know what, say, you're not doing this. I was going to say you do it once every 15 years, like you do it <laughs> once. Literally, like, like like Zach Greinke is pitching now. He wouldn't even make it past a ball because he doesn't throw hard enough, right? Like if he he and now he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And it bothers me to, you know, the Yankees and Blue Jays played today. You had 55 million dollars with a start, starting pitching on the mound. Garrett Cole, Hyunjin Ryu. It's two two, and neither of them get out of the sixth inning. Okay, something's wrong with that, right? Welcome, like welcome, something, something, yeah. something is future. wrong with that. They, they didn't throw over. I, I, I think the the highest pitch count was 97 pitches. Garrett Cole can throw 120 pitches in his sleep. I know it's the first game, but something is wrong with that sport when the starting pitcher, your aces, are getting taken out in the sixth inning because you have better options in a two-two game. We talked, something's wrong with. That. We talked about that earlier today, actually, about a lot of people have bet on baseball, and we've all been guilty of it. Starting pitching. Who's pitching? Who's pitching? Right. Well, the starting pitchers only go five innings nowadays, guys. So even if you have the best pitcher in baseball and Garrett Cole, one of the best, all right, how long, like how much of an impact is he going to have on a game and for how long will he have an impact on a game? But it's, it is crazy in a sense because these teams pay all this money to these pitchers and they baby them and then maybe they would have won the game if they would have kept them in longer. Listen, I go back to hearing all the great interviews with Melnick and Bill Lee and having Bill Lee on myself yeah. and Mark Gubiza, who I've had on many times. Dude, Gubiza, like, dude, the guy, like, you know, I don't even know, bro. It was like 17 complete games or something in a year. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That's he how they said, were wired. He said, oh, I expected to pitch nine innings game because when I showed up, I expected to pitch nine innings. And, and like yeah. Bill Lee said, he goes, guys, if you always take these guys out after five innings, why do you think they get hurt all the time? Right? Think, and yeah. how about this, Jason? Sorry, I mean, I'll give it to you, but all the great powerhouse guys like Clemens and Holiday, didn't these guys throw hard in their off days? I, I, if you, like, I grew up also a Red Sox fan in my American League team, and it was like, if you looked at like Clemens and Schilling and Halliday, they were like, do not look at them when they're pitching. They're in their own zone. You don't even look at them until like the seventh or eighth inning, also, and maybe even ninth. Like, yeah, you they, might they, have a damn good reason to go to the mound. Yeah. Don't even, like, <laughs> Joe Torrey said, like, like with Mike Nucina and Pettit, like you didn't really look at them. Like you kind of just like looked the catcher, catcher looked at you, and then you made your move because they know how to they know how to get themselves in the zone, and that's. That's another thing that is ruining baseball is that the Mark Gubazaws of the world, who's like a perfectly good pitcher, uh, no one's you know voting him in for the Hall of Fame anytime soon. They say that respectfully, like like he can you can have a perfectly good career without being a Hall of Famer. That just doesn't exist anymore. Like those those types of people are being marginalized. And I know he's the pitching coach. Uh, I think he's still a pitching coach on the Angels. Like he's he he's being marginalized now. Those people, and that's why it's kind of scary. Like that's why it's like you're, you're getting rid of the middle class. Jason B. Takafin kicking it with us. So speaking of fun and baseball, I, you know, I don't think we'd find any argument here that San Diego is the captain. Uh, it's the uh, capital 
of fun. That's Capital Fun Zone right now. And, you know, what a fun, you know, I guess, listen, it's a heart attack if you're the manager, but it was a fun way for the fans to see. They had yeah. over 8,000 fans. They win 8-7. I mean, we're talking about a team that wasn't in the playoffs for 13 years. They're locked and loaded, and they're right there with the Dodgers, guys. You could argue they're deeper than the Dodgers. Like, on paper, you could say they're even more talented. That, and that's how crazy it is. Yeah. That that That's how good they are, but... Fun, fun start today. They get to open. It's funny. The Dodgers have to open on the road, but San Diego gets to open at home with a win. <laughs> hey, listen, baseball, eh? Like, would it, like, would it make sense? I, You know, the other thing about the, the about the Padres is their ownership spent money. They opened the pocketbook for Hosmer, Machado, Tatis, and, you know, they're taking on Darvish, Will Myers. And I love that. They should be – the fans should be rewarded for that, and there should be excitement. You know, the Padres were plus 400 to not make the playoffs this year. And any team – that is not a dynasty that's plus 400 to not make the plus. I had to hit that because it's just I know they're good. They are the second yeah. best team in baseball, but plus 400 is just too good value. I don't want to I, I don't want to cash it because if I cash it, it means that a few a few players got hurt. Um, but that's just too good value. And the Dodgers are just too good. So right away, you're only competing for the wild card right there. And I just wish that there was full houses for those Padres and Dodgers games. It would just be so exciting. And the fans deserve to see that the fans deserve to have that rivalry. At least eight thousand is pretty good, though. You know it's what I mean? It's great. better. I mean, it's, it's not two. It's not twenty five hundred. Let me ask you about another California team, and not the Dodgers. And you know, Angel fans are like, "What about us?" But so they they bring in Rendon. Uh, they've got Upton, who had a nice spring. Yeah. Obviously, they have Mike Trout right now. They they spent a little money on on Otani. Are you buying in? A lot of people are sort of a trendy flying under the radar team. Are you buying into this Angels team this year? Not at all. Actually, they are my pick, or they are a pick to I, – I, I hit them hard on the under. And the reason why is because everyone is talking about them being that team this year. They remind me of the old Houston Texans team from like 10, 15 years ago. It was always their year. The Angels have $80 million coming off the books with Pujols, Dustin Fowler, the, the, uh, the majority of uh, – Dexter Fowler, excuse me, of his salary is being paid by the cars, but he's coming off the books. Jose Iglesias, they have four – starting pitchers that are unrestricted this year. So if it goes south, they're going to make some trades at the deadline, and they're going to rebuild. Or conversely, they're going to go in hard. Alex Cobb, Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Jose Quintana. The new general manager, Perry Manazian, formerly of the Blue Jays, he has his work cut out for him. But I, I'm not buying what the Angels are selling. I would actually almost want to pre-buy for next year when all of that money's off the books. Pujols has been... God bless his career, but holy moly, has he been really bad last five, six years, um, especially for, for his ticket. Uh, but I think they're going to be good next year. I'm not buying them this year at all. Jason B. Takafin uh, with us. Your Boston Red Sox. So people have buried this team. And I got to be honest, I was ready to bet against them uh, today with Means versus Eovaldi, just for yeah. the sake of it. Sorry. But, so I'm, I'm playing tomorrow. I'm going to try to place the bet again tomorrow. Yeah, the game was postponed due, due to weather. What about the Red Sox and the Blue Jays Yankees? And I said this earlier. We had about three minutes. So, uh, you know, it's a two prong question American League East, essentially. Can Tampa uh, really keep doing this all the time? I do believe the Blue Jays are for real. I don't buy into the Yankees staff after Garrett Cole. And what about the Red Sox, though? Are they a bet against team for real, or do they have better talent than people give them credit for? They were the first team I took the under on. And I hit them hard on the under because I think they're still really – they haven't emotionally recovered from the Mookie Betts trade. I think they've patched together a decent roster. They're still going to trade – 
Garrett Richards has a good year, gone. Kike Hernandez, gone. They're all going to move these guys if they perform very well. Um, I'm with you. I even said last time we talked, I think this is the Yankees here. They're going to really implode. Uh, they just... Jamison Tyon seven starts in the last you know in the last two years. Jordan Montgomery seventeen starts last three years. Domingo Herman who knows what's going on with that. Severino who knows when he's coming back. Kluber's got eight starts last two years. Um, Stanton and Judge are always getting hurt, and Stanton and Judge already start to get booed already today, which is never a good sign. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's that's normal. Stanton got booed that, his first ever game in New York as a Yankee. Right. <laughs> well, Stan, Stan, Stanton's played forty one games last two years. He's got eight years, two hundred ten million dollars left. So wow. Uh, Hope he has a good therapist. Yeah. So the Blue Jays, the rotation scares me. But after Ryu, they need you know Mats and Robbie Ray and Roark. I know Robbie Ray's on the DL. Stripling's controllable after next year. I like the strategy of having very replaceable guys. Yeah, they've got replace. guys that can keep you in a game enough, right? Just only give spots. up four runs type thing. Right. One, <laughs> so so I think I I thought when um when Kirby Yates went down, I was like, okay, this is not very good because they need a hammer in the bullpen. But it shows they have a lot of live arms back there. If they can, they can kind of write that ship, and it'll take two or three weeks, or maybe they even have it to get the bullpen set up. It can be very dangerous because they're going to win a lot of nine, seven, ten, eight, ten, six games, and they're built for that. Like they, like that's almost deliberately. Uh, they they yep. built their team deliberately like that, and I respect that. And they can always buy out a match. They can always DFA. Robbie Ray or Roark if they're not good and they have the prospects to go out and take a picture off someone's hands especially if they take on the salary because you got to give it to the Jays they spent 150 million dollars on Springer this year they spent 18 million dollars on, on Marcus Simeon like they're not even in Toronto let alone not selling 8,000 seats a game <laughs> like like that is an amazing they've shown commitment they really That's have which is surprising from Rogers to be honest hey um, listen, good for them Jason, we've got about 30 seconds before we get you out of here, and uh, we love talking baseball. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, Jason's baseball podcast. But I know what you're saying. Uh, to me, it's the White Sox, that team. They, everybody's anointed them the, the best team, all next to the Yankees, the White Sox, and all this and that. And obviously, they already have him in his hurt. But, you know, and in baseball, it's not that simple, right? I, I get even you have a ton of talent. But we'll continue that conversation down the road. Where can people find your great baseball podcast? At IBWW, at IBWAA podcast, and I am at Jason Vitek. Always a pleasure, Jason. Thanks for the time. Love the game. Thanks for having me. Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? It's okay. Breathe. You found it. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. How would you rather feel? Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? Just breathe, dude. Or swimming in the warm waters of confidence that comes from having the winning edge? We thought so. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.
Economic Level 3. Thanks to our many guests. Too many to even remember. Let me try. All right, we had Jamie Eisenberg step up and in, talk some uh, football. Teddy Covers uh, from Wager Talk was with us. Uh, Big Card Julio, Julio Rosario, uh, play-by-play voice of Chicago State and the Windy City Bulls of the G League uh, was with us. Jason B. Takafan, former GM of the Vancouver Canadians of the Oakland Athletic uh, Farm System. Uh, they won like three, four championships. They were killing it, uh, actually. Beautiful ballpark in downtown Vancouver, but they're not playing due to the pandemic. Uh, we have Pete Annapolis. Great stuff with Pete. Uh, talking former assistant coach with the UMass Minutemen. Uh, we touched a lot of bases. We got played by John Jones, sort of, but I don't know. Dana White saying they did go to dinner. Dana White tweeted, great dinner. He never tweeted about they got a deal. He tweeted, great dinner. Whatever that means. He said, great night or whatever. So, I don't know. At this point, when they have an announcement, that's when we'll, uh, we'll tune back into that. We had a great night today, 7-1 and one with the games. Uh, we did well with baseball. We'll look to keep it going uh, tomorrow. Look to pick your spots. As I just mentioned, I was ready to take, I was ready to take the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles today as underdogs against the Boston Red Sox, but the game was postponed. It's the same pitching matchup on Friday right now with uh, John Means versus Nathan Eovaldi. You know, it's just one of these deals where Boston's roster is depleted. Baltimore, Baltimore, you know, they're not a good team, Baltimore, but they they showed some life last year down the stretch. They've got some young talent on this team, and it's the first game. So, you know what I mean? They're not going in here, like, intimidated by this Boston Red Sox lineup. Long story short, anything can happen in that game, and the Red Sox just shouldn't be uh, big favorites like that. All right, they shouldn't just, they shouldn't be big favorites like that. We'll get back after it tomorrow. Johnny Cueto on the hill tomorrow night for the Giants. All right, tomorrow night we got Tony Finn, Steve Merrill, Mick Ossie will check in with some overnight AFL picks. The countdown is on, the final four. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later.